me being watching horror even I was when I was a baby when I before I even was one I was already watching horror movies by the time I was six I was watching horror movies by myself so it's a lot of things that uh people can't really talk about too much but uh that's definitely just a lot of things uh they've always been things that help me escape the real life world that we live in um I can always go to wrestling you know just you know relax and just enjoy good wrestling even if it's not good but it just you know it's always cool to appreciate um, where we come from and how far the business have um, come since I was younger, you know, and, you know, a lot of the things that we've seen as wrestler wrestling fans when we were uh, younger, it's just, we've seen the business evolve. That's what I would say. The business has evolved tremendously. And I, and it's crazy to say that I've been around for a long time to see the evolution of wrestling, not just in WWE, but even with the Indies, even with the Indies and how far the indie scene has come along, since then, you know, a lot of I wasn't just a WWE fan when I was little. Like I was just I wasn't strictly just watching WWE. I was always expanding my horizon when it came to being a wrestling fan. Where if it was watching TNA Impact, whether it was watching um, WCW, I watched a little bit of everything. ECW, I watched a little bit of everything. Horror, same thing. I watched different genres, different you know backgrounds and stuff like that. Um, we're on the road to seven hundred. We're at 609 subscribers right now. We're uh, coming up on two years of me being a, rest, uh, a YouTuber. Two years coming October. Um, I'm celebrating one year since being with the Flex Zone um, on July 31st. I'll be celebrating that. I'll also be celebrating that by being at Monday Night Raw. So I will be at Raw this coming Monday. So definitely excited for that. It's been almost a year since I actually been to a, in, a wrestling event in person. So it's always cool to, to go and just kick it and have a good time with everybody. They've always, they've every time I go to a wrestling event, it's always cool to see to meet people and just interact. It's always a cool thing, a, co a cool experience for me. Um, I even created a shirt. I actually created a shirt uh, due to my um, 600 subscriber. Even though it's a punishment, I still did it. I created it myself. It came in this past week on Saturday and I was very excited to get it. I'll be rocking this at Monday Night Raw. I'm also starting right. my little business up. I'm starting a little business up to um, where I'll be creating shirts for people. So if anybody wants to me to create a shirt for them, whether it's wrestling related, horror related, just let me know. I and I, and I, I got you. You know, uh, it's not a. I don't charge too much. I just charge twenty dollars uh, for everything. So if you guys want to shoot me twenty dollars, I can make a shirt for you. I have different options. I can make a shirt, hoodie, you know, muscle tee. A long sleep because I know it, it might be cold where some people stay in. It might be hot where some people stay. I know some people like to work out. So I got, I'm doing a little bit of something for everybody. So definitely, you know, support that so I can, you know, do that for you guys. I definitely, and then YouTube, I will still be doing it. Of course, that, that ain't going nowhere. I'm, I'm here for the long haul. I call myself the realest YouTube in the room. Hi, everybody doing. Shout out to Enzo for that catchphrase. I, I like to use it, but uh, yeah. I like that. I like that. And definitely catch him. Over July 31st on Monday Night Raw. Make sure if you see him walking that T-shirt, you go ahead and show him some love. And make sure you show all of us some love, definitely, going forward. Because this, of course, is the last week in wrestling podcast where we like to have brand new, fresh faces or returning guests come over here to talk all things wrestling and the news topics. And, of course, if you like anybody here, which you should because they're pretty freaking awesome dudes. Uh, and everybody here that I have on the channel itself is pretty fucking sick. You should go ahead down below in that description and show them some love on their YouTube, on their Twitter, on their Instagram, and everything else in between. That should be right down there for you guys in the description. But enough of all of that nonsense. 
let us get into the actual topics of the show. And what a hell of a week we had ending last week, going into this week. And it's just been about 12 hours, roughly, since, of course, Monday Night Raw. But we'll kick it off with a little bit of possible sad news, I think, or maybe happy news. It depends on how you look at it. Uh, Billy Gunn retiring last Saturday. He took the boots off. He put them in the middle of the ring. And, you know, that's big significance of a retirement. And, uh, you know, there was not really much that he said. He kind of just put them in the middle of the ring, walked off the acclaim. Max and, and Anthony kind of were a little shook, didn't know what to say, didn't know what to, how to really handle that whole situation. And, you know, there's been a lot of talks in, in of course, the IWC where is it his retirement? Is this a real retirement for Billy Gunn? Or is this just his way of kind of stepping back, letting the acclaim start taking front charge again before Daddy Ass came into the picture to becoming one of the most dominant tag teams in the AEW tag team division. So we're going to start off with God's favorite host, Byron. We'll start right to left. And um, I, I want to hear from you, buddy. What did you think of, of that moment last Saturday? And um, do you think that this is his actual retirement? Or do you think that this is just a, a moment of clarity and a possible push forward for the actual acclaim? This is by far <laughs> the most interesting thing have done since they lost the tag team ties. This mm. is no doubt a 100% storyline. Okay. The match, first of all, Saturday was short. And it was yeah. like weird. Um, I thought House of Black should have won, and they did, and they don't need to lose those titles anytime soon. But mm-hmm. the way, because I thought the the story would have been having Billy Gunn join his sons and turn on the acclaim, because it seemed like the Guns were just transitional champions, and I actually liked the Guns as champions. I thought they could have did a little more with that, especially now seeing them with Bullet Club Gold. But I think this is a long term story for the acclaim. I don't know where they're going to go with it, but I do think that it is something that intrigues me because we don't know it's unpredictable i'm always a fan of a long-term booking where's the story going to go two three four months from now and let's not forget aw has two big shows coming up in about a month all in all out back-to-back weeks doing the old wwe thing i don't like it but we'll see how it plays out and this is intriguing because let's not forget at one point aw had the best tag team division in my opinion in all the world and as of late it's been kind of lacking ftr is, is great they had a great match with Bullet Club Gold. But outside of that this year, what is really going on with the AEW tag team division? I mean, FTR, not really in much before Bullet Club Gold. The Young Bucks weren't really doing anything. They're running from CM Punk. That's what they're known for doing right now. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, Aussie Open just got signed. I mean, it's like split between guys on Ring of Honor and AEW. But mm-hmm. I think this is a story that doesn't involve the titles but could eventually maybe lead them back to maybe winning the trios titles where Billy Gunn gets that one last ride and he rides off into the sunset possibly. But I do think it's a long-term story that I think the acclaim need because while they are still over, they're not as over as they were. Think about last year at all out when the crowd wanted them to beat Keith Lee and Swerve. And then they had to make the rematch at grand slam. Cause I don't think that was their original plan. They had to make the rematch, give them the tag titles. And then it's just like, okay, they lost to the guns. What next? So I think it's a long-term story here. I don't think Billy Gunn is done. I think him with the acclaim has been fantastic, but I don't think the acclaim need him at the same time. So if he does go off TV for a little while and he does go away and then he comes back and it plays into the story, I think it's fantastic. And I'm intrigued to see what happens with it. Wow. Very well, very well thought out answer right there. I think that's probably why you're God's favorite host, man. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think that that was a very, very good answer. I, I mean, there's the, the only thing I would say, or maybe even just honestly to add to that is that, 
Um, you know, and, and pretty much you are right. You know, currently right now we have this blind eliminator tag match that kind of put a lot of um, people that were doing a lot of single runs and kind of mesh them together to doing these tag team runs in that blind eliminator tournament. And, you know, one of the best ones, at least in my opinion, and yeah, I'm a little biased because he's Long Island's own, but, you know, MJF and, of course, Adam Cole and what they've been doing has been very exciting nonetheless. Um, but people like Brian Cage and Big Cass, you know, I know recently in the Death Before Dishonor, uh, Big Cass was kind of in the background while while uh, Brian Cage and uh, his team were, you know, doing their thing over there in that tag team match, kind of maybe possibly joining the Mongol embassy or whatever they're calling themselves with Swerve or Brian's tag team or whatever, whatever really is going on. They got like multiple different names. So, you know, it's kind of almost like with the house of black, it's the, the, the black, the black Kings or something when it's just uh, Matthews and uh, Brody or, or Malachi and Brody or something. Um, but nonetheless, <coughs> excuse me. Um, you know, I think the only good thing that came out of that is that the fact that, and, and, and you pretty much touched upon it, is the lackluster of the tag team division and kind of where it used to be compared to what it is currently now. You know, it's a good idea that they had this blind eliminator tag team um, tournament for everybody to kind of give a opportunity and have that moment of, uh, of, of shine for especially like the Bullet Club and FTR and start getting them going and stuff and, you know, even just ramping up collision a little bit more and more. Though, with all of that, you know, you are taking away from actual tag teams. Now, mind you, some of them are on ROH compared to AEW, so that is kind of the bigger thing. And, you know, are we going to see more of them coming in the AEW roster again? Or are they going to slowly float over to Rampage? Are they going to float over to Dynamite? Are they going to float over to Collision? Um, so hopefully we kind of see that as the time goes on and, and, and really uh, see what's what's really next for this tag team division going forward. But I don't think Billy Gunn either is retiring. Uh, I, I, I definitely think that this is just a ploy. Maybe this is just him stepping back, being that manager role again and, and having them uh, having him kind of boost the acclaim back into that number one scene that they know that they can be because, I mean, everybody loves the acclaimed. You know, everyone's buying scissors and, you know, having them in the audience and they're making them at home and the kids and the parents, like everyone's going crazy for the acclaim. So the fact that they're so over already, whether or not the story is as exciting as it once was, as if they were champions like they once was, the people still love them. And and I'm curious to see what this Billy Gunn retirement thing is really story-wise, but I, I think he nailed it right on the head. I don't think this is a true retirement, because if this is the way you retire in AEW, I'm not a fan. I want my ceremony. These guys deserve it. Billy Gunn has been around for a very, very, very long time, and he's put on some amazing moments besides the Outlaws by himself, Chuck Palumbo and him. So his, his career extends over 20, if not 30 years in this business, and what he's given outside of this business in just training a lot of the superstars in WWE alone before jumping over to AEW, it should not just be very quickly overlooked the way it's seemingly uh, being overlooked with this past Saturday. But um, Leo, what what are your thoughts on this? Do you also think that this is a ploy and, and more of a story for Mr. Billy Gunn, Mr. Ass Man, as he once was called? <laughs> uh, or do you think 
that um, this is this is truly his retirement. Honestly, just like you guys said, I don't think this is a retirement. I just think it would be a bad way for him to go out. I feel like I think he will want to go out on a on a high, especially every, after everything he's given to the business. Mm-hmm. And I think about it, the illustrious career that he's had. Like becoming tag team champ, I believe he was intercontinental champion at some point. I believe. Yes, but he won the king in the ring. Exactly. So and it's like when you think of somebody, because it's like think of all the things that he's done, and and think about after everything he's given to the business, not just yep. when he was around still in a wrestling capacity, but think about like the wisdom he's passed down to like different tag teams. I oh, think yeah. about different. Uh, like even when they faced the Usos, I'm pretty sure they gave them some type of wisdom that they carry on to and and what they do. So. I don't think I definitely think this is like a bigger part of a bigger story that they're trying to tell. I think this is a situation where he might he might leave for a little bit. It's like a situation where he's trying to find himself. Do he feels like he still belong in the wrestling ring? It's a lot of things that he he's gonna probably be figuring out. Like, mm-hmm. do I still have what it takes? Do I can I still keep up? He's gonna be doubting himself, and I think when he comes back, he's gonna have full clarity of what he can do. I don't right. think he's going to pull an undertaker and retire and then come back. I'm that. No, no, don't. Do that. No, just I'm not. back. Where's no. AJ Styles? I'm back. Hold on a minute. <laughs> let me, let me, let's do this. Let's do this graveyard match. Just one, one quick moment. Give me a minute. No, but I, I just don't see it. I think he's right. going to come back and I think he's going to motivate, you know, you know, them to get back in the tag team ranks to really go back to them tag titles and, you know, be a reason behind it. I could see them going after the, the trios championships. Maybe this is part of the bigger story that they're going to probably like a road to redemption, but mm. not just the claim, but for also him as well. And then when they finally do the match again in the future, I could see them doing the match probably again by the end of the year. And then they right. get the tag, the, the, the trios championships there. And then maybe after they lose it, then he officially says, okay, I, I got a, one last title running in me. And, you know, now I'm ready to hang it up. Right. No, I, I mean, again, you both hit it right on the head. I, I don't think this either is Billy's retirement. I definitely feel like this is the bigger story here. This is them going off for one last hurrah, especially for Billy. You know, he, he's been in this business for many, many years. He's been a playable character in video games for many, many years. Uh, you know, so giving, you know, throwing the boots off like that, that quickly after such a short match, after such a longevity in this business would be very, very underwhelming. And, you know, not, for me at least, not the way I would want to see Billy Gunn treated. Uh, I feel like he definitely deserves that ceremony and all the appraise, all the acclaim to fame that he definitely, definitely has earned throughout the years, um, handover fest. So, but you know what would be really cool? And I, I know this is probably a shot in the dark, but I know we like the fantasy book over here, Once in a Blue Moon, but we do too over here on the Last Week of Wrestling podcast, so... Definitely gonna have to have to fantasy book this, but if he comes back to Mr. Assman theme song, I think that's the perfect way to bring him back and have that have that big motivation push to go get those uh, those trios championships. That's just my opinion. That was my favorite Billy Gunn when he came out with that type of music and he was uh, doing the whole doing that whole gimmick and shit. I thought that was prime one of one of the most prime uh, Billy Gunn moments besides him and, and him and Palumbo and of course the New Age Outlaws. Uh, you know, back in the, the early 90s and stuff. But, I mean, if you think about it, like even when DX came out for the 30th reunion and Road Dogg said his whole, you know, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you know, the Road yeah. Dogg, Jesse James, and then silence, but everybody in the crowd said it, the badass Billy Gunn. Like, they, he don't even need to be there. 
he's there. You know, like his legacy is there for years to come, even after he is all said and done. So I don't think that this is uh, his retirement either. But, you know, uh, eventually will come. It all comes to a day that they all have to hang it up. I mean, Sting, hell, I think Sting's going to be 78 and still probably trying to do death-defying stunts like he's been now at 60-something. So, I mean, God bless him. And and Billy Gunn's in really great shape, not for nothing, for his age. So, I mean, if you could still do it and, and, you know, you're not looking like Ric Flair, then I think I think you're uh, I think you're ahead of the curve, man. I think you're ahead of the curve. But speaking of breaking up and possibly coming back together or whatever the case may be for Billy Gunn and, and the acclaimed, of course, the new and now opponents for FTR this coming Saturday for collision is none other than MJF and Adam Cole. They won the tag team tournament finals recently. And because of that, now they get a chance to become the new tag team champions, possibly two belt MJF, which I'm praying for every night. I'm not going to lie to neither one of you. (laughs) I'm praying for that. Uh, If Roman can do it and Roman can have three belts, then I don't see why not MJF can't have two. Uh, You know what I mean? Like, come on. I mean, some people say uh, Paul has the two belts now and, and Roman just has one, but it's still three belts in my eyes yeah. for, for one man. It's just yeah. a little ridiculous. Uh, but, uh, you know, we saw last Wednesday after that win when Adam Cole was giving, of course, MGF uh, his belt back, that, that little moment of hesitation. You know, we saw him kind of staring at it with the, the hopes and the dreams of maybe being able to become the AEW world heavyweight champion and you know, all of that that, that could have been with that one match they had because MGF didn't want to give them that extra five minutes and all of that. And now now they're tag team partners. They're going out drinking. They're smashing broads in bathrooms. They're playing video games in hotels. They're working out and calling fat people Tony Schiavone. You know, <laughs> all of this nonsense that is uh, that has come from just that one crazy moment uh, in, in wrestling now the possibility of them becoming tag team champions though when are they going to break up so i'm saying we hope never of course if, if if god loves us as much as i know he does he he will never break these guys up but i know all in's coming and they need all a good coming. pay-per-view and this could be one of those good pay-per-view matches now i you know we'll start with leo this time but do you think that this saturday is the day that MJF or Adam Cole turn on one another? Ooh, I've been thinking about this all week, honestly, and I've been going back and forth because I can can make arguments for both, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, they have all in coming. They have yeah. all out coming. So you, yeah. one of those shows, they're going to want to put that match there. Oh, but yeah. at the same time, I'm like, I'm just like you. I'm just like you, Dylan. I want them to become the tag team champions because think about it. MJF, he has a big ego, right? Oh, huge. He, yeah. Huge ego. But I feel like the same time, I feel like he's the type of guy that will put his ego aside so he can brag about not just having one championship, but having two. Yes. I Absolutely. think they could pull it off. I, I think do this is a, I, I think AEW is in a situation where they need to go what's hot right now. Yeah. They need to strike when the iron's hot. They are yeah. right now, it's probably one of the most over things in AEW right now. Every yeah. week we watch AEW, they're probably some of the best things. They're literally one of the best things actually happening on the show. And I think they need to capitalize on the momentum 
and the fan support that they're getting right now. I think you could still do a feud with, between the two. I think you could still do a feud between the two, maybe like at All Out or something, right? Mm-hmm. Give them the tag titles. Let them have maybe like a like a three, two-week reign or something like that. And mm-hmm. then when they have a tag, have a match, like FCR invokes the rematch, right? Then, you know, MJF turns on him. But it's at the same time, I feel like MJF, knowing his track record, he I wouldn't be surprised if he did it. I wouldn't right. be surprised if he turned on him because he's done it before. We've seen him in situations where he's turned on him. And it's like, he. I feel like he could be a, a great babyface in the future. Mm-hmm. But I think at the same time, he's just a much better heel. Oh, yeah. And, and, you a much know, better heel. And, and, and the thing that you said, like, you know, he turned. I, I mean, we, we've seen it. You know what I mean? He's played. You don't even need to play the heel role. He is the heel role. And I think anyone from Long Island is a heel in my eyes. I'm from, you know, I'm originally from Queens, but I live now in LI and I, I'm a heel. I've been a heel since I was in Queens and I'm still a heel over here in LI. So the heel never, never left my body. But nonetheless, we, we have seen him as a baby face. And, you know, they both even said it recently, like a week or two back. I thought you were going to turn on me. Well, I was going to turn on you. Oh, wait a second. We both were going to turn on each other. So that whole, the whole idea of it is still, and I mean, at least for now, definitely back in on the table. And it, that, that, that opportunity of whether or not one of these guys could cost the other, the championship is a huge, you know, go fuck yourself right there. Like that's a yeah. huge, that's a huge moment, honestly. And, and, and we hope, you know, of course they, to bury the hatchet and they can wear the matching coats and have the mashup entrance music and, you know, bang their broads in the bathroom and come out here and get the win. But if they can't, you know, who is it that turns? Is it Adam Cole? Is it MJF? You know, my, my, my thought was that they win the championship, but then after that incident that happened, maybe when they start defending these championships, one another starts putting the other in situations where they have to, defend the title almost by themselves they can try to get out by you know hitting hitting their their partner tagging them out but maybe you know adam cole jumps down and walks away or maybe mjf does or maybe mjf makes it a lot harder for adam cole to get that tag or vice versa for adam cole to mjf so there's a lot now that's on the table going forward with this family friendly feud if you want to call it and, 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 you know, it's still, I'm still excited. I, you know, I, as much as I don't want them to break up, I, I I'm waiting for the day. Cause that match, man, it's, it's, it's going to, honestly, it's going to be just as good, if not better than the Iron Man match that he had with Danielson. Oh, you know, that's, that, that's for sure. But Byron, God's favorite. Listen, uh, what, what, how, how do you want to round it out now? I, I agree with what both of you are saying. I think AEW, first of all, has caught lightning in a bottle with mm-hmm. this. Uh, this has been the best thing on AEW TV by far. And boy, MJF is really showing he can sports entertain, if you oh, know yeah. what I mean. So <laughs> keep that in the back of your mind. But yes, sir, yes, sir. As we head towards 2024. But it's crazy because nobody probably thought this would work like this. And I think there are a few instances. I do agree with Leo. They could win the tag titles and then lose them at all in, thus setting up a match at all out. Mm. I do also agree with what you said, Dylan. Maybe have them. I don't know who would turn, but I think there are two wild cards in this. The first, Roderick Strong, because remember, each time he comes up and tries to say something to Adam Cole, Adam Cole blows him off and walks away and doesn't show concern for him after he has his neck hurt by Samoa Joe. So 
I do think Roderick Strong will play a part maybe this Saturday or maybe when we get to the one-on-one match and why MJF retains because we know MJF isn't losing the title. Also, CM Punk, which show is MJF going to be on Saturday? With this CM Punk saying his... With as, CM Punk saying his as, promo. As my good he friends over at No Bones say it, as my good friends over at No Bones say it, CM Punk and friends. And it, that is truly the show on Saturday nights. It is CM Punk's show with friends. And, and it's so, so true. And that, that's a very good point as well. And also the Roderick Strong point. You know, Roderick Strong throughout all of this has been a little drop in the bucket. Listen, buddy, you're not working with a regular guy. You're not working with someone that's willing to be on your side. We're talking about the devil himself, the salt of the earth, the man that's willing to step over you and back over you twice more to get what he wants. This is yeah. this is the devil worshiper himself, as he calls himself. Like, this is MJF. This isn't just some regular guy that's trying to make a name for himself. He's not a Nick Wayne. He's not a Orange Cassidy. He's not someone like that. You know, he's, he's MJF. And with that being said, Roderick Strong could play a big part in that dismantling of the friendship. You know, is it where Roderick and MJF have a match to prove that MJF is this backstabbing, cheating bastard that everybody knows him to be? Is it that Roderick Strong shows evidence of MJF out in public bashing Adam Cole and the friendship and everything that they have? Or is it Roderick Strong causing the rift in the friendship that's actually here and here to stay that causes the initial fighting and and the title opportunities and what else could come so there's a lot there's a lot on this table here that honestly no matter how we look at it it's going to be very good the the feud itself is so exciting the the idea of the feud is even more exciting and whether or not it's at the I, i i feel like it's safe to say now but the sold out wembley stadium at this point you know and we don't even have a card for the show and yet the the whole stadium sold out take notes wwe uh you know like this is this is you know a perfect segue into that this is a perfect segue into all in you know having having mjf and adam cole headline a show having a tag team opportunity against maybe Roderick strong and possibly a return of kyle o'reilly having that undisputed era fight each other in some aspect in, in a big stadium match, like in all in, you know, have them facing each other at, at, at Wembley stadium is a big, big moment, you know, or having just Adam Cole and MJF having that moment or CM Punk even, you know, we, we saw recently on, on this Saturday with Ricky Starks and stuff. I know it wasn't on the show notes, but we'll talk quickly a little bit about it here that, you know, what's in MJF Santa bag. It's, it's the AEW title that he quote unquote, never lost. You know, I mean, it was vacant. Uh, you know, you did lose it. Uh, you know, and then MGF win did win it. So, uh, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. But nonetheless, you know, we 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 know that Cole, uh, that Punk, and him still haven't really buried that <laughs> hatred towards one another, especially after that dog collar match. So, you know, there's another possibility going forward, or maybe it's him and Ricky Starks for something at all in like which honestly would be very interesting Ooh, to see yeah. punk and ricky starks going for a i don't want to say it because they have so many damn titles at this point they're literally cl- creating their own collection uh you know a brand new aew collision title for for themselves to fa- uh, fight over so That's there's cool. so there's so much 
on this table here between both sets of groups and both sets of promotion uh, uh, shows for AEW that either way we we look at it, we're going to eat. We're going to eat. We're going to be very happy. We're, we're going to be paying that $50 and be very happy that we paid that $50. Uh, you know, maybe cry about it if it's a really bad show, even though 80,000 people are there. Um, but, you know, that that's that's here for another day. But, you know, it, it's 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 exciting. You know, and I, I'll just say that it's very exciting. I'm very curious to see what direction they'll go with. But there is a lot more what ifs than what wills that are going to be happening in the near future and coming weeks for all in. Um, but enough about AEW as much as we love AEW here. We're going to start talking a little bit about WWE. All right. Now, um, recently, last Friday, we had, of course, this was one of the topics I forgot to add to our show notes. So please uh, excuse me. I, I forgot that. I re- realized that after the fact. Uh, but uh, LA Knight was in a fatal four-way match this past Friday. This is when I jumped on your guys' show, which, again, thank you very much for having me. And I was on Willie's show prior losing my mind. I was like, how the hell do you give someone like L.A. Knight this opportunity and then give it to Rey Mysterio instead? This is absolutely bullshit. This is malarkey. Absolutely, I, I, Who's back there? You know, I want to fight him in a fatal four-way. Like, I don't even know now. So, like, you know, I'm, I'm done. But, you know, um, and you guys were awesome to, to be on your show, and, and thank you again for that. But, you know, we, we, we had this fatal four going for the one-on-one, which is going to be this Friday. For, of course, a SummerSlam match against Austin Theory, the current United States champion. We all forget that he's a United States champion, um, which is very sad because that's a very important belt in the WWE uh, lineage. So it's sad that that's what it's come to as of right now. But it's Ray and Santos going one-on-one this Friday. And LA Knight, again, not given the opportunity to show what full potential he has. And it just is, it's seeming like after report, after report, after news article, oh, it'll happen after Elimination Chamber. It'll happen after WrestleMania. Oh, it'll happen after Money in the Bank, after this pay-per-view, after SummerSlam now is when the whole push for LA Knight is going to happen. And, you know, I said it on Willie's show, and I think I said it on your show too, as well, Byron, uh, you know, no, they buried him, you know, like they, this is, it's clear. It's a clearest clear cut. There's, there's nothing for LA Knight. You know, they should have gave, in my opinion, it should be a triple threat. It should be LA Knight, Santos Escobar and Austin theory for the belt. Start the show off. Let's see what LA Knight can do with this belt. This is a perfect way for him to have a championship since he's so over one of the top selling merchandisers for the company for wrestling wise that's beat Stone Cold, that's beaten The Rock, that's beaten NWO, that's beaten Roman Reigns, that's beaten Jey Uso. And sales wise, just for merchandise alone, but you're still not giving him the opportunity. So, Byron, we'll start with you this time. And, uh, or did we start with Leo last time? What, who did we start with the last? We, last time. Uh, last one you did with me. You started with me. Yeah, okay, so last. All right. So Byron, back to you. We'll we'll start with you, buddy. What do you think is going to happen? And when do you think LA Knight will just like Billy Gunn hang the boots up for WWE? It's crazy because LA Knight's getting chance in AW. That's how over this guy is. Like you said, he was made a manager. First of all, <laughs> let's go back. 
Yeah, yeah. Left off of that. WrestleMania. Yeah. Over as, I mean, you can argue he's the most over person in the company. You want to give me Cody? Okay, but he could be the most over person in the company. You it's, hear the it, reactions he gets? Yeah, there's there's, quite, there's even argument for Sammy, but yeah. LA Knight for sure. Oh no, not after they're doing Sammy as yes, after WrestleMania. No, 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 no. Now, no, well, no, 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 no. lately, now, lately, no, 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 before, before Mania, Mania yeah. Yeah, after yeah. Mania now, I don't know what the hell they're doing with Sammy and Kevin. Yeah, but I don't anyway, know what they're doing with Sammy. Uh, the fact that he is left off of SummerSlam, and I told Leo this, and I didn't want to be right. I said, Leo, this man might get left off of SummerSlam. And the fact yeah, that he's right. not even getting an opportunity to wrestle for the United States title, think about it. Your champion beat John Cena and can't yeah. even get over. And sadly, everything Cena said in that promo about Theory is kind of true. I think it's Theory true. is good in the ring, but he lacks the character, maybe. Yeah. But LA Knight, man. They're talking about after SummerSlam. I don't want to wait till after SummerSlam because after well, SummerSlam, it's two nothing pay-per-views. What is LA Knight well, gonna do? The only the only thing, and I forgot to I forgot to add this, and I'm sorry, but I forgot I forgot to add this. The, the, one of the reports said that he is going to be at SummerSlam. Now I don't know how true this is. I don't know how true this is. I take everything with a grain of salt that comes off the internet because God only knows the internet's fucking wild. And now Twitter's called X. So thanks, Elon Musk, for that. Uh, you know, but nonetheless, uh, LA Nate is supposedly going to be at SummerSlam. He is supposedly going to have a promo, which will eventually, at that time, turn into a match. So there is a possibility that it could be just um, throwaway. People are saying that now that it could be Grayson Waller and L.A. Knight. Now, if we remember or think back a little bit, Grayson Waller and L.A. Knight had a very interesting history in NXT. When Grayson Waller was new or at least was a lot bigger at the time and making L.A. Knight that bigger push into the WWE, uh, they had a very, very good feud and a very good match overall in NXT. Now, with Waller having that Win against Edge and momented with Cena, mind you, in a very short amount of time. Now being the guy that pushes LA Knight is something that could happen. So I'm going to let you finish your statement, Byron, and then I'm going to pass it over to Leo. I mean, at this point, SummerSlam's going to be six hours. There's so many damn matches now. They're going to throw <laughs> LA Knight on the card? I mean... Right now, we only got like four. <laughs> we only got like four. We only got like four. I, I, listen, I hope to God it's not six hours. I don't think I can stay up for six hours. It's going to be like a four-hour show. The, the, it's going to the, probably the, be like a four-hour show. The, the AEW think about, shows are think five about it real hours. Like, Roman and Jay. That's Roman and Jay. You got Cody and Brock. You got Ronda and Shayna possibly in a fight pit. You got the tag team champ. You got Cody. I mean, Seth and Finn. You got Gunther and Drew. So many damn matches. Nevertheless, you got the women's triple threat on SmackDown. Rhea and uh, Rhea and, uh, and uh, uh, Raquel. But nevertheless. The, the rumor is that U.S. title match will probably be on SmackDown before SummerSlam, but we'll see how it plays out. But I don't know Gosh. what they're going to do with L.A. Knight. If, if, if the best thing would have been to give him this title that is a dead title and let him elevate it, much like you see with Gunther, he's doing on Raw. Oh, yeah. Imagine L.A. Knight against the Grayson Wallers, against the Raven Serials, against the AJ Styles, against the Karrion Cross, against the mm. whomever you want to throw, because SmackDown's mid-card has a lot of potential talent. And think yes. about possible now. You got LA Knight. You got Bobby Lashley forming his little faction. You got a lot of people that you can throw in there. So I don't know what they're going to do with LA Knight because I, I with you, uh, Dylan, have lost faith in him because he didn't win money. Once I saw that he, he wasn't going with money in the bank, I didn't really have much faith in him. And then giving him a U.S. title when really Roman's on the show means nothing, in my opinion, either. Yeah. But it would have been something. And this guy is so over. And I don't want to hear the excuse he's old. Damian Priest is old. They're over 40. But this guy Rock has gotten over. He can go in the ring. 
I don't know what more you need from this guy. Like I said, uh, in the chat, Rusev, Damian Sandow, Daniel Bryan. We can go on and on about guys who got over Cesaro, guys who got over on their own that Vince didn't see anything in. Zack Ryder even got over. Zack Ryder. Look at him now. Matt Cardona now. He is now Mr. Independent. He is the independent god of the independent scene. Bad point. But, so, Leo, what, what do you think of all of this with LA Knight? Do you do you still have ye have little faith in Mr. Max Dupree anymore? Is Max Dupree even in that bracket? Or are you just with shelving him like we're doing with Liv? Uh, I don't know. It, LA Knight, he's literally one of the most over guys in the company right now. And it's yeah. crazy that we all thought he was going to win Money in the Bank. And then Triple H had the nerve to go and say, well, this is just a bigger this is a bigger story for him. This is just a rise. And I'm like, okay, well, if that's the case, then I'll give the benefit of the doubt. But then you get put him in the trip, this fatal four-way, which I feel like he, he should have won because nobody else made sense at all. It made no sense. I don't know how many times I got to stress myself. It made no sense. Who else would have made sense to take that title? Because think about it. You said it. He can elevate that championship. Me personally, this is a comparison. This guy is like, right now, he is in the Daniel Bryan situation. The guy Mm -hmm. gets over wherever he goes. Even if he's not on the show, people are cheering this guy. People in other companies are cheering this guy. When you're at the point where you're getting not only cheered when you're not even on television, but in other companies, you know you're mega over you're so this guy is money. This guy is money. He right. said it and he is that. How what kind of guy, what person do you know right now can say, Oh, I was on a dark segment and I got mega over? The guy was on a dark segment and got over a million views. When Bill, was yeah. the last time somebody stepped on a like on a main event episode or on a dark segment and drew over a million views? Nobody oh. has done that in years. Yep, he had, he's had he's had the most the most downloaded and most watched exclusive content for the Madison Square Garden show before the show actually started. Exactly. He's one of the most searched. And you go back to what you said with the merch. He's literally in the top three sellers right now. You go to you, you go to Raw. I'm pretty sure when I go to Raw on Monday, I'm gonna see a lot of people. I'm gonna see a lot of people with some LA Night chance, some LA Night merch. You know why? Because that's how good he is. The guy is mega over, and this is a failed opportunity right now. That and this is like a like I don't understand why WWE has this mindset. You don't strike when the iron is hot. If somebody's really over, you strike on it immediately. Right. And the thing is, people are talking about his age, dude. The guy is younger than Damian Priest, and Damian Priest is older than him by like a year or two, and he still won money in the bank. So I don't want to hear that excuse. Yeah, I don't want to hear that. The guy is in best shape. He get he can cut a promo. The guy can do everything. Yep. Think this is a guy that you can build pay per views around. Think of the, some dream matches you could see: him versus Roman, him versus John Cena, him versus him AJ, versus him Cross. versus Rollins, him versus Karrion Cross. Like the the guy can do. You can even have. I go back. I was watching Impact. This guy had a faction with Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross. Imagine them. Because since they're pretty much feel like they like Karen doesn't have nothing to, to do, he's pretty much jobbing to AJ. Drew yep. is gonna, he's doing okay for himself. But think of how good that faction can be. One of them is doing the mid card stuff, 
and one is, is doing the world title something. And then and think about it. You can have a great faction. The guy is mega over, and I feel like this is a missed opportunity. Now, I did hear this is a rumor. I did hear, like, they're going to do this match with, you know, whoever wins between Santos and, and Rey Mysterio. They're going to have that match at, you know, the, the Friday before the SummerSlam. I did hear it's a possibility they could do this. We'll have Austin Theory cut a promo. He'll, right. he'll, he'll keep bragging about how he beat John Cena because that's pretty much his gimmick. Oh, I beat John Cena at Mania. But he's going to do that. And John Cena SummerSlam. said it. And John Cena said it. That's the only thing you're going to be ever able to talk about after, if you ever beat Exactly. Him. He he proved him right. And think about this. He goes on to SummerSlam, brags about beating John Cena. He, yep. he, he mocks John Cena once again and says, I'm issuing an open challenge for the U.S. title tonight. And none other than L.A. Knight comes out at SummerSlam and beats him in very quickly. Give him about two, three minutes. He beats us there that the, quickly. The pop. The pop that he would get not only being alone there. will shatter any other match that's coming after that <clears> moment. That's going to be the talking point because nobody else is going to care about anything else. Jey Uso like, could win the championship from Roman Reigns. I hope so. Nobody's not going to talk about it. The great thing is, guys, WWE could have just did that if they just would have let him win the fatal four-way and had him beat Santos. They could have just had the match. I hope. What do I know? I hope from this, I hope we get at least a triple threat. If we get at least a triple threat for SummerSlam with LA Knight and Santos and uh, Austin Theory, I'm happy. Because at least now we have him on the card. We have him in a match that now the stakes are a lot higher for him to win this match. Even though there's rumors saying that Santos might be the transitional champion. Which is a waste if they do it that way. That's burying him at that point. Because you know, you know what else I thought about doing? Think about ever since he's been champ. What has he done to elevate that title in some way, shape, or form? Absolutely. I'm one of those guys that at one point I really enjoyed Theory. Now, I I didn't enjoy Theory when he was under Vince McMahon's wing and he was doing the selfie game and all of that. I thought that was the worst, worst fucking gimmick you could give this guy. Because I saw some of his stuff in Evolve. I saw, I heard a little bit about him in NXT. I know he's part of the DIY. And, you know, there was a lot of hope behind Theory. Now, him coming to this heel, I said, okay, this could be something to work with. And in the beginning, it was good. It was good. We had some good matches against Bobby. We had some good matches against Bronson Reed. Then Bronson and Bobby wanted to go at each other. So then it kind of left Theory in the dust. Then we come to Elimination Chamber, where, to be honest, this was his last best match he's done. And this is February of this year. Yeah. In the Elimination Chamber, he held his own against Montez, Seth, Gargano, Bronson, and I can't remember the other two guys. But uh, let me look it up. I can look it up. Yeah, please someone look it up. But out of all of them... I think Seth was in there, too. Yeah, Seth, was, yeah. So Seth Montez, Gargano, um, Bronson, Bronson Reed. Reed yeah. And then it, there's... Okay, we had... um, It was Montez, Gargano, Reed, Rollins, 
and Priest. Priest. So out of those five, him being number six, he held his own and put on a very good show. Now, mind you, Montez's moment was wild. Seth's moment on the top of the chamber was crazy with Gargano. There was a lot of crazy spots and highlights. Of course, the ending where Logan Paul came up to set up the match with him and Seth for WrestleMania and Austin being the snide snake that he is, getting that win, and, of course, doing his finisher so everybody knows that he also got his hand on Seth Rollins, uh, and then, of course, getting the win. I thought that was Austin's yeah. best match as champion in his heel form. Since then... It hasn't been the same. It's been booty cheeks. Yeah, and it's very like, sad. It's it, it very does. Sad. It really does. Because, because it's like- he has the potential to make this United States belt relevant with everything that he's come from and the matches that have gotten him to this title. But whether it is the poor writing, the 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 bad opportunities, or all of it in between, he is not memorable. It's and I not. think the thing that hurt him the most was facing John Cena at WrestleMania. Yeah. I think it that really that is. was the worst decision WWE made for Austin Theory. Now, I have a good buddy named Sam, who I've talked about a lot. He's been on a lot of these shows, a lot of these watch-alongs that we do over here on the channel. So a lot of people know who I'm talking about when I say Sam. And Sam disagreed, saying that this was supposed to be, this was going to be Austin Theory's moment of salvation. This it's was going no, no, no. The the him and him and, and him and Cena's match at WrestleMania. That this was going to be says uh, Austin Theory's salvation. This was going to be the, th- the match that pushes him to the sky because a win over John Cena at WrestleMania would mean a huge thing for Austin's career. Now, mind you, it is somebody like John Cena, so I understand. John Cena took the belt from Big Show at WrestleMania 20. We got the spinner belt. We got the John Cena era, Thugonomics. A lot came from Cena. So I understand that. The open challenge, then we had Carlito. We could sit here and talk for about two hours just about Cena's legacy. But where Cena's at now compared to what he were or where he was at five years from now in the past is a totally different John Cena. John Cena, if he wrestled him five years ago, Okay, there's something we could work with here because now Cena, with his not only his legacy, but his skills and his wisdom, could give Theory this, this moment of understanding, okay, you're going to beat me. And when you beat me on the grandest stage of them all, this is how you're going to work it for the rest of your reign as United States champion. But what happened was he beat Cena... And then that was it. That's all we remember. That's pretty much it. Even the match itself wasn't that good or lived up to what a lot of people think. People were thinking when we see this match, just think of like the last people who came up from the NXT to face Cena. Sami Zayn had a good match in his debut. Kevin Owens had a good match. Rollins had a good match. They were expecting this, but Cena, he's at the age where he can't really keep up with a lot of the guys. He's playing Peacemaker. 
Okay. Exactly. The man's doing fist five with Vin Diesel. He's making hand over fist over fist over hand money like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He could blow it on the UFSL or whatever fucking football company that Dwayne blew all those millions on and just to come back for one little shits and giggles run. You know what I mean? Like John Cena's making money. He's in but video games. He's, ev- he's everywhere. He's everywhere. So – you know, he's a commercials for Christ's sake. He was he was playing a cow in an Experian commercial for your credit score two years ago. So the man has more money than he knows what to fucking do with. But so you don't need even that. That's not even the problem though, Dylan. Think I think the thing with with Austin Theory is they. I feel like they was going to Roman Reigns and pushing him down our throats, not l- allowing him to get over on his own. You know, organically. Right. I feel like giving him the money problem. in the bank was a bad mistake. And he wasn't ready for something like that. That was, was, to me, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Having him cash in on a secondary title he wasn't was ready ridiculous. For it. He was no, ready. I would disagree with you with that because, the, okay, so it was a failed cash in, mind you. It wasn't even a successful cash in. He got knocked out twice in the process of cashing in his title. Then he finally cashed in his title and then he failed. So, nonetheless, the, the, the moments leading to that cash in were terrible. I don't think that needed to happen. But the cash-in for the title, the the secondary title, compared to where the WWE was when that was happening, made sense. Because if you're going to push Theory with this new gimmick of a heel, and you're going to feed him Roman, Roman's just going to eat him alive. And oh, then, there's, there's, then Theory's just another body on the stack. And we would have been saying the same thing we're saying now. But him going after somebody like... Whoever the I, I can't I think it was Damian Priest was it Damian Priest the United States champion that he took it from? Who took he took it from? Or Seth? Was Seth. It? I think it was yeah, Seth. It was, it was Seth and Bobby because they had that triple threat match at Survivor Series. Right. Okay. Thank you. So he took it from those two, and being able to cash it in on two people like that that could still keep up with a lot of the modern day crowd and wrestlers, I thought was a smart idea. Though yeah. the outcome of it was not what we wanted it to be because this moment that we got with it was exciting. I don't know. I, for me, I thought it was exciting. I thought this was a smart I moment. hated it personally. I, it's just, I feel like it was just – I feel like it was too forced. And I think what really got people – he still had potential after, like you said, his last good match was in, you know, in the lead-up chamber. chamber. But what I feel like really broke everything for him – is when he had that promo segment with John Cena. The John, John Cena pretty much obliterated this man. He did him even worse than Roman. The guy literally said, they don't have to pipe in crowd noise because people don't care what I have to say. That's If people have to go in on you that, that bad, it's yeah. literally only making things worse for you. It's only yeah. making things worse. And I feel no. like if he would have had like an organic rise to where we – and stuff like that, I would have been a, bit, a little bit okay with it. He he has a great character. He is right now, no. But if you would say a couple of years ago, if they would have kept it the same way, it would have been okay because it's like a situation where where it's like if it's not bad, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. If it's nothing wrong with it, don't fix it. Because it's only right. gonna shoot you in the foot. Him getting right. money in the bank, I feel like it's too early for him. I get it. He's young and here's the thing. He has longevity. That's the thing. He right, which which definitely helps out. It helps out. He has longevity in the business because he's only, what, 24, 25? So this is a guy you could potentially build 
your company around, around in, in the yep. near future. Him, guys like him, Dominic, Rhea, um, Bianca, Montez are guys you can build your company around. But yep. giving him something nice. big like that so early is just not the way to go. Because now it puts you in a position where you're already in a bad position because you put both titles on Roman. And we right. know how dominant Roman Reigns is. There is no way, no way that you can see Austin Theory cashing in on Roman Reigns and right. winning the title. It's absolutely right. not going to happen. If they would have, that's why they had to build this whole World Heavyweight Championship thing up. He ain't going to beat Seth Rollins. He tried to do it, and Seth Rollins was beaten up. He still couldn't yeah. do it. He ain't yeah. going to deal with the Judgment Day. And I think another thing is, I think he he's a guy that I think he could be a good babyface if they actually give him a story that he can actually sink his teeth into. He's mm. a guy I can see as a good babyface. He, right. He's. I just don't think the heel thing is. Saying now. They already ruined them too much. I just. I just think it's all about the follow up, guys. Anytime you it's beat someone or accomplish something, it's all about the follow up. You win a title, you beat Cena, it's all about the follow up. You beat Cena, thing, now what? And clearly they've done guy. nothing with him. Think right. about it. He's not. I don't think he's just main roster ready. I feel like he was pushed to the main roster too early. If he would have stayed behind in NXT for a little bit. Think about some of the stuff he could be doing. He could have won the North American title. He could have had a little stint with the NXT championship. The guy will do great down there because think about it. NXT is pretty much a brand for the younger talent. And somebody like him could actually be somebody that you could build that brand around to at least bring some type of importance to the brand. You have I to said this like, real quick, Leo. I said let him cash in on Braun Breaker win an NXT title. That would have been better than failing for that. US title. They teased it. They teased it at one point, and I thought they was like, that this is the smart choice. Call Braun Breaker up, put Theory down there for a couple months, bring him back up. Exactly, because think about it. At the time and place that they were in, I'm like, well, if he's not going to catch on the world title, well, him catching for the NXT championship, I would not be upset at. Because he's somebody I can see. It would be that shock factor. It would be that shock factor. It would factor. be a shock factor, because think about it. Nobody in history has ever cashed in for NXT championship. That's and so it is a world title, not a secondary a title. title. Just saying. Yep, it's a main title. Just a thought. Just, just, just what I would have done. But that's just me. Yeah. No, I mean, you guys make very, very good point. You know, there, there was definitely multiple ways we could have handled Theory and that run that he had and everything. And I, I, I think that you know, unfortunately, due to the poor um, handling of Theory's career and everything that. Um, kind of came with it um you know this is where we're at that's why we're having the conversation like i said, i like theory i hope they fix it with them but right now nobody just, cares he, they, he, i think yeah they, I, I, I like to make like this i hope the same and here's another thing people you know compare him to being you know a new john cena here's my thing i could see that, i wouldn't I think, even in the slightest. i wouldn't even do that i wouldn't do that that's just a disrespect and a stop the place of john cena what I will say is this. He gives me a little bit, just a tad, of like Randy Ornival, the legend killer. The reason why. Because think about what he was doing when he first came up to like the Man Roster for a few months. He was beating legends. He's beating Rollins. He's beating Rey Mysterio. He's beating John Cena. That right there gives me legend killer vibes because he was competing with some of the legends. And he was beating them. He's beating them. That's but a you... cool story to build to something bigger. But now, do you want another... Randy Orton? You don't, but here's the thing. I don't like when wrestlers do this, or wrestling fans do this. You compare them 
to other um, other wrestlers. Let them be the one and only them. Nobody should want to be the next China or be the next Cena. Be the one and only Austin Theory. That's unique. Don't want to be right. a copycat of somebody else and, you know, piggyback your career off of somebody else. It's okay to have, you know, inspiration from somebody else or take some type of inspiration from, like, their attire, whatever the case is. That's fine. But at the same time, be the one and only you because when you look at your career, when your fans look back at your career, you really want to say, oh, he was a good, but all he did was just, you know, pretty much he gave me John. He was just like John Cena. Mm. No. Be the one and only Austin Theory. You went out there and you proved yourself week after week. You made yourself stand out from everybody else, from different things, from promos to in-ring work to everything all around to make your character in the ring and out of the ring stand out above the, your colleagues. That's what you want to do. And he just hasn't done that yet. I think the thing with Austin Theory, he needs that one story that can really showcase who he really is. He that's why they need a king of the ring. That's going to bring that out of him. That's why they need something like a king of the ring. That would have been perfect for a guy like Austin Theory. It could up his gimmick. It could be something that he uses as a heel. He doesn't need a title for. And it could elevate him to that main event scene, personally. That, that's just what I probably would do with it. But, you know, that, that that's just an idea. I like it, though. I like the idea. I do. I mean, there's, there's, there's still... I don't know how much hope. But there's hope to an aspect... For, for Austin Theory, um, at least for some of us, you know, not not for all. Uh, a lot of people say that he's he should go back to Evolve. Many say that he should be done with WWE and go somewhere else. Definitely back on the indie scene to kind of re go down to NXT and himself. reestablish himself. I think that's what he needs. NXT, go to NXT, reestablish himself for maybe like six months to a year. Put him in some good feuds. Maybe have him. Have I mean, you got a, you got a couple of good guys down there too. You got. You know, you got, you got Scripps that now is doing got, something. You got Ilya Dragunov. You got Wesley. You know, he can even, you know, do some stuff down there with those guys. I think those are some cool yeah, stories. Baron Corbin, Mustafa's now down there. It's, it's not that it's not a possibility. It's just whether or not they want to take that time to develop them is the question that Triple H has to have with himself. Because as much as one of them might like theory and the other one doesn't like theory, but it's because of legitimate reasons, then what, you know, how, how, do, we, how do we change the fans at that point now to like theory again? Is it putting him in NXT, getting him going down there again, facing someone like Dominic Mysterio for the NA uh, championship match or having a feud with Baron Corbin or having something like Carmelo Hayes and him having a moment or Braun Breaker or, you know, maybe maybe having him against somebody like Grayson Waller in the WWE now, getting him kind of back into his old groove and his old habit of NXT vibes and stuff, putting with a tag team even. Maybe have Austin as a, as a tag team champion in the, in the near future than a United States champion, be one of those in, in that division. Just, just to shake him up in some aspect to where – we 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 now seen him in a few different gimmicks. We've now enjoyed a few of the gimmicks more, one more maybe than the others. You know, the the heel was a good idea, but it didn't pan out to be the way we thought it was going to be. I mean, now having that, kind of shuffle around a little bit would be good. 
for a while, I thought they was going to, you know, keep him with the way. I think if he would have stayed with the way, I think that would have been a cool way for him to get over. Leo, bit. they're not even on TV. I mean, yeah, true. True. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I mean, I mean, not yet. I'm saying they were still, but the NXT, they were good. Johnny Gargano supposedly coming back. They've been saying Bob that since, there. like, the last. Johnny has been on TV for, like, three months. I know he was hurt, but apparently he's cleared. I don't know, man. I, I think know. Vince got him locked in a cage somewhere because he's a vanilla manager, but that's just me. Imagine I, I like used to Johnny, Grayson man. Waller. I do he's too, but you know Vince would think Vince. Oh yeah, now. no, Vince is yeah, Vince think is about Grayson Waller. He's the player hater of the year, for sure. Grayson Waller. Imagine a tag team between Grayson Waller and you know Austin Theory. I think that tag team could be good. Cause they kind of gave me some similarities, but I, here's what I would say, and a lot of people can agree with this. Grayson Waller is just way more entertaining than he than um Austin Theory is. I feel like right that's now. why I think WWE kind of needs trios belts because you got a lot of three man groups. Remember, Pretty Deadly and Theory were together. I mean, it could be something for people to do. I'm just I'm not I saying like it, it would not work. Copying AEW, you're what? really copying the Lucha Libre, well, Ring of Honor, but yeah, technically, right? We're WWE really has, from there. WWE does a good job with telling stories with factions. I think Bloodline, yeah. Judgment Day. So maybe have something for people who aren't in the main event or the secondary title. Series. I mean, it's yeah, you a have thought. a point though, Byron. But just a thought. This is something I've been saying for so long. What they need right now, if they're implementing any more championships, they need to implement a women's mid-card title. The reason being, not everybody can be should be put in a, in a tag team, a random tag team that doesn't go anywhere. A, a lot of the women right now are directors. They have nothing to do, and they need something to fight for. Not because every if you're not the four horsewomen or Rhea Ripley, you're not getting pushed. You're not going to be on TV. You're going to pretty much be Very a main true. event at best. If you get a women's mid-card championship, it could be like a women's international championship. You can they could be defending all three brands, so I'll that gives a lot of people exposure. And here's the thing: a lot of people, I like a lot of women, they're always getting you know fed to the four horsemen, and or they're just being fed to Rhea Ripley. That's all they're right. doing. So well, they're I being like simps for Rhea Ripley. Let's, let, let's be very straight about something. We're simping out here for Rhea Ripley, all right? Mommy's got the muscles, all right? Like, mommy's mommy's the new China of the new modern era, all right? We ain't even going to play no games with nobody over here about that. But, no, I listen, I, I you know, Leo, I, I think you're right. You know, there's, 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 you know, and it's a beautiful segue into the next topic, too, so thank you for that. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's – you know, you know, and we've we, we've talked about it so much here on the last week podcast. There's so little moments or matches or even gratitude to some aspect for the women's division in general. <clears throat> you know, if you're not like like Leo said, you're not a part of the four horsewomen. You're not Rhea Ripley. You're like, how many times have you seen Piper Niven since she's come back? How many times have you seen Candice the Ray? How many times have you seen Nikki Cross get a big push? How many times have you seen Mia Yim wrestle since she's been back? Since her name change to Mishin. And there's a lot of women that they're and, 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 but that's the point, though. Right. But, like, see, like, now, and, and again, it's a really good way to, to talk about now living, everybody, but now we have Sonya and Chelsea, a tag team that is – Working really over. <laughs> working really well. It's working <clears throat> really well. They 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 suit each other perfectly to a team. Sonya deserved a belt long time ago, in my opinion. She yes. is one of those women very underrated, very underrated, very underrated, one hundred percent. She has been 
given opportunities for championship matches, and then like a, a character or horse has just been taken away. And it's just, it's sad to see it. You know, it, it, it's something that she should have. I, I think the prime Sonya was when she was an authority figure, when she had the suit. If she was the women's champion coming out with the suit, doing the same gimmick, that would have made a huge impact in the women's division on SmackDown during a time where SmackDown wasn't a show people were really caring about until the bloodline started taking over. That's my opinion. Now, I don't know how everybody else feels about that. And it sucks, though, Dylan, because you have a lot of women that that have talent, but they don't get the opportunity to really showcase that because they're, they're given squash matches or being squashed. They can't show their talent being squashed. Even if they lose, that's cool. But if you're not giving them an opportunity, what does that do for a fan? We can't buy into it. We can't what? buy into these wrestlers. We're not going to buy what? into them. We're going to be like, yep. if we see them, they're like, okay, who, are, who is this person? Oh, do we really care about that person? No. Because well, why? At- we haven't given an opportunity to, to care about them. I'm going to I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you answer this question because I, I think it's very relevant to what we're about to talk about right now with, with the next topic. But look at Rhea Ripley's title defense reign right now. First opponent was Selena Vega. Selena put up a good fight, but it evidently was crushed. Yeah. She had her next opponent was Natalia. Back to back matches. Three back to back to back to back matches. Let's just be very frank here. Back to back to back matches was two of them never even happened. One was two minutes. Not even, I don't even think it was two minutes. I think it was maybe 45 seconds. Uh, All right. So that's that. That that was just a warm up. Then we had Bret Hart and Stone Cold match between the two ladies two weeks ago, where I thought they delivered an amazing match. Now that time we also saw the gauntlet match for the tag team for the women's. And we also saw Maxine Dupree and Valhalla wrestle a little bit. So there was, I know, I know everyone rolls their eyes around Maxine, but listen, man, they, they, she's coming. She's coming. I think, I think there. we might got something here, but to be very frank, and it goes now to what we're about to say with Liv and Raquel and Rhea Ripley, we are putting a lot of these women on the shelf. We are giving them moments that don't matter and then immediately taking them away or shelving them immediately after their loss. And it goes perfectly with Liv. Liv just was going to have a match yesterday on Raw with Rhea. What happened? Rhea decided to break her arm, and now Liv is on the shelf. So now Rhea doesn't even have a match as of now for SummerSlam for that belt. A pay-per-view that is one of the biggest pay-per-views for WWE in the summer. The women's champion for Raw. The world heavyweight women's champion for Raw doesn't have a match as of now for SummerSlam. Now, yes, it could change. It could be Raquel, which is what a lot of people think. And, you know, we're going to get that old Rhea versus Raquel from the NXT days. A little bit of that little little few that they kind of been given us recently, but nonetheless, this is, this has been a very lackluster women's division as of late. And it yeah. sucks. It so does. Leo, 
With that being said, with Liv now seemingly being shelved due to this injury as of yesterday, what is next or who is next for Rhea's title defense come SummerSlam? What would be or who would your a person be to face Rhea at SummerSlam? Well, I mean, we were talking about it before we got on stream, and I'm going to probably mention this right now. But um, I do think Liv is going to be at a future pay-per-view. I do think the story right. is there for them to do something big with them. It's the question if they will do something big with them. Because I feel like Raquel is going to be her uh, opponent for SummerSlam. I think it makes sense. They they teased it so much to the point where they need to they delete delivery. But right. I, the way you just – we said it. The way they set things up and the way she's been injuring them, I don't know if it's going to be 100% clear if she's going to have a, an opponent. I feel like they're going to push this feud back between Raquel and Rhea for payback. And payback is in September. So the thing and with Liv, I feel like she has history. They could have done something big. I do think they're going to – I mean, I feel like they, they rushed her back too early because she was already injured. They said she was going to probably be up for the rest of the year. Yeah, that felt weird, Leo. That whole situation felt weird. To only have her win the tag titles, then to lose them, right? Just so they can, so just so they can, you know, get through with that story. What I think is going to happen with Liv, she's going to take some time off, and I think they could maybe save her for the Rumble, save her for the Rumble, let her win because there's another story. Think about it, Rhea. And Liv were the first two in the Women's Royal Rumble this year. Went the entire way to being the final two. Liv was the last one to be eliminated. And I feel like they've been building her for a little bit. That's what I said. Even in these losses. Because in Eliminated Chamber, what happened? She didn't, she didn't, she didn't tap. She passed out. Because because both Asuka and Natalia had her had her in a submission. She's the last person to beat Rhea Ripley. Since Rhea right. Ripley's joined Judgment Day, she's been next to untouchable. Nobody has been even close to getting a win over her. The only one that can say they have done that and get a win over her was none other than Liv Morgan. She's done that. She has her number. She knows what it takes to beat her. She knows what she's going to have to do to get to get that championship. So I think they should, this is a story that I feel like they could build for you know WrestleMania 40, which we'll be at nonetheless. That is a few that I can see my teeth into because here's the thing. I've been hearing the rumors. I see what people say online that it's just going to, it's probably going to be Becky. My problem is this. No, 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 no. No, Did she's dealing with that? Trish Stratus right now. She, Trish no, Stratus about, looks like Amari Stoudemire right that. now in 2009 that. with that face plate. All right. For all you sport fans out there, she's looking like Amari Stoudemire right now with that face plate on. The reason I all say right? no, because it's like I'm tired of seeing the four horse women. Always be in the marquee matches for the championships on WrestleManias, Red Rumbles, SummerSlam. Nobody wants to see that anymore. You're supposed to be evolving. Let other women get opportunities for these big spots. If you keep Shaft pulling pulling the rug from underneath them and having them be nothing but just parts of a story or second fiddle to a story, nobody cares about that anymore. If you're supposed to be building your women's roster, and I feel like Becky, Charlotte, when Sasha was there, Bailey, they were all getting the big marquee matches, what if it was for the title or the next best thing under them. What is everybody else doing? Nothing. All they're doing is being jobbed out. Nothing more than 
than just, you know, putting a random tag team. Nobody should be having to go through that. I get you need your jobbers and stuff like that. But at the same time, build your women. Have them be in marquee feuds. That's way. That's the way of you creating stars. You can create multiple stars at a time. You shouldn't have to build one superstar a year. Nobody. You should be at least building five to ten a year. From the main event scene, the tag team scene, the mid-card scene, the women's scene, all around should be building multiple stars at a time. The only stars we've been seeing being built, Rhea Ripley, Bianca, and, you know, since he's been here, Cody Rhodes. Those are the only three I can literally say they've been putting their, their eggs into. And there's, a, there's an argument about Cody, I'd say. Like, lately now... I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't consider him a built star anymore. I think in the beginning when he came back at WrestleMania last year with Seth, okay, let's bring him in, let's build him up, blah blah blah. Another with thing this whole, with this whole Brock feud. Oh no. brother. No. No. And no. another thing, Dylan. And I feel like the story that they could build, you could have Liv, you know, return at the Rumble, because you have the story. I, I made it to the final two last year. I'm going to go all the way this year. And you have her win. That's going to be a great moment for her, because think of, like, the accolades she has done. She's the only the last person to beat Rhea Ripley. She's beaten Tiffany, not Tiffany Sharp. I'm going to say Tiffany Sharp. Sorry. But Trish Stratus. She beat, she beat her too. She beat her too. Why not? Beating Trish Stratus. She's won money in the bank. She's the right. only one that can say they've beaten Ronda Rousey four times. Right. Four times she's beaten Ronda Rousey. Nobody else can say they've done that. No. Nope. This is a person that, with all the accolades that they've done, this is somebody you can actually build to be mm-hmm. a future women's champion. Think mm-hmm. of the history that they have from last year. Rhea and Liv made a great tag team. There were a lot of the fans behind them. What happened? Rhea joined the Judgment Day, Liv went out and did her own thing. And here's what you can do. You have, and I think at the point, Rhea, she's more of like an anti-heel right now. She's she's technically a heel, but she gets face reactions. I think mm-hmm. at this point next year, she's going to be more over. I feel like you could build a story where where it looks like maybe Rhea might want to do her own thing or distance herself just a little bit from the Judgment Day to where she can create her own lane for herself but still be in the group. Liv comes in, I feel like Liv, returns maybe at SummerSlam, even though she's not 100% cleared, even if it's just a one-off. She helps Rhea Ripley win, and you can still have her be on television even if she's injured, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We've seen it happen at AW. We've seen it happen with, with Pretty Deadly. Even though they were injured, they were still on television. You could still do have her be part of some stories, but not really be in a wrestling capacity. For the time being, she could be a, a, like a, a manager helping you know the Judgment Day where, where it's needed. What you could do, build that story between Rhea and Liv. Then to the point where she wins the Rumble, you build that story between Rhea and Liv going into Mania. Who is Liv going to go up against? Is she's going to get her get back with Asuka because she has heat, uh, beef with Asuka because she costed her the Rumble by mm-hmm. missing her in the face. And she also was one of the c- contributing factors for her not winning Elimination Chamber. There's a story there. But with Rhea Ripley, it's the bigger story. Because you can have that David versus Goliath storyline, and I think a lot of wrestling fans, it's you know, it, it sounds a little bit cliche, but it's always an enjoyable match to see. We've seen it with on the men's side with Rey Mysterio, 
Liv, she turns heel. She's already a heel at this point, right? She's already turned heel at SummerSlam. She turns and kicks Rhea out of the Judgment Day. And you build the story so tense by WrestleMania 40, we see Rhea Ripley, who is more like a face, versus like a real heel singles competitor version in Liv Morgan. For the first time ever at hell, in a Hell in a Cell match at WrestleMania. And you have Liv Morgan win. You not only you created a dominant force. But now for how long? So now, so now l- let me just ask you this. And this is why I said I was going to answer your thing. I know we talked about this thing off air or whatever prior yeah. and, and everything. But th- this was the question I wanted to ask on air. Uh, and by the way, shout out, shout out Horton Show. I love this. I love this comment. The whole Brock feud is complete bullshit. Uh, there is no background uh, for the story. 100% right, buddy. Uh, 100% right. There's there's nothing. And, and thank you to all the guys and everybody shouting out in, in the comment section right now. I'm reading them all, and you guys are awesome. But uh, I had I had to post this one because it's it's so true. But nonetheless, um, we'll, we'll take that off for a sec. But how long? How long now is Liv's reign? We're gonna, you know, and I want, I want to, I also want to get Byron in on this conversation, but, you know, uh, how long after she wins at Hell in the Cell? How long is it a pay per view? Is it two pay per views? Is it three pay per views? Is it twenty four hours? Is it, is it an hour? You know, like how long is that reign? I want you to answer, and then I'm gonna, we're gonna pass the question over to Byron and let him kind of wrap up, wrap up that topic. She's going to be on Raw, and, and I'm pretty sure the draft is going to probably happen at this point next year around some of the No time. more fucking drafts. Okay. I swear to okay. God, Sorry. WWE, Sorry. don't ever, ever do this stupid-ass nonsense draft again because there's no draft. There's no draft. I'm sorry to do a side tangent. You could just quick, show up with a visitor's no pass. You could just show up with a visitor's pass, and it doesn't yeah, matter. I could show up right now and say I'm the new NXT from Performance Center. Okay, I could say I'm the water boy for Bar- for, for Baron Corbin right now. I'm the guy that gets the mistakes. You know what I mean for well, TikTok. Like, as far like as seriously. Your like, question goes, Dylan. You said how long it would take a reign. I how think long you do get... you think? How long are you giving Liv Morgan as a reign as champion now? Okay, so we're at Mania and Mania is in April. I would give her a six to eight month reign. No, that won't happen. WWE, I, I would, I agree with it. I think she deserves it. I think she deserves at least six, but eight months would be stretching it. And you know, if Triple H is still kicking and doing his thing and doing whatever he wants to do with the business, and God forbid Vince McMahon is still in the back, that six months might get cut down to three. Well, even when it, if it's three, if you give her some, I think here's the thing: it's sometimes it's not about how long the reign is, it's but what you do within your reign. If you make it memorable, have some memorable matches, and I think with Liv, she needs that one story to really establish herself. Establish herself is not just a, a just a, a wrestler, but like somebody who can actually go the distance. Have her compete against some of the tougher opponents to really establish herself. Have her face Bianca. Have her face Charlotte. Have her face, you know, Rhea Ripley in a, in a second match to prove it just in case if it ends in a walking finish. Prove that she's she's not just there just to be the champion. She's she's a reason why she's champion because she is the best. She has to prove that. She can't just say she's the best. She has to prove it. 
You have to go up against any competitors. She's gonna have to go up against some bigger competitors. That's okay. Have her face some of the her the, the people that are, are higher ranked than her, right? Okay. Have her face Charlotte because Charlotte has has history with her as well. Charlotte is the reason why Liv has been on this, you know, transformation for all these years because that match is what really catapulted that. Liv said okay. she's gonna be a different competitor. Have her face Oscar. There's beef there. Have her face Charlotte. Have her face Rhea. Have her face Nikki Cross. Have her face different competitors up and down the roster. Okay. It I, I, listen, not- I think it's a good idea. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm not saying that at all, Leah. I think it's a very good yeah. idea. I think the story could work out if everything is, is done and said correctly. You know, to Horton's point, you know, unfortunately, Liv is someone that is very – you know, injury prone. So we do take that into accountability and, and, you know, all of that. And, you know, maybe we are shelving her. Maybe she is a, you know, at moments maybe could be a knockoff of Alexa bliss, but I want, I want to, I want to hear from Byron now with everything that we were just talking about with, with the possibility of, of live maybe being the one that's at uh, Raquel being the one, maybe at SummerSlam instead of live due to the whole incident that happened, uh, you know, 24 hours ago, um, you know, with the possibility of maybe Liv coming back by payback, you know, or even or even Leo's theory and, and fantasy booking, which I do enjoy. I do enjoy fantasy booking over here, so bring it on. But do you think, with everything said and done, with the direction the WWE is going with both of these ladies, especially for Rhea in this division, as someone who's at the top of her game, running the division at least for Raw, who could who could you see? as her SummerSlam opponent, or is this the first pay-per-view that Rhea will not be a part of? She wasn't part of Money in the Bank either. I, I, I do oh, she think wasn't a part that, of Money in the Bank. So um, this will be the second one that she will not be a part of. I do think that, in my opinion, uh, for going off MVPs in WWE this year, uh, not Roman, not Cody, I think it's Rhea. I think Rhea has really been the MVP mm-hmm. this year. You think about what she's done with the Judgment Day, she's the de facto leader, if you ask me. Getting Dominic to the hill level he's at because without her, he's nothing, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I do think the <laughs> the women's revolution is bullshit in WWE, if you ask me. I mean, you bring out Zelina Vega in Puerto Rico because she's from there. You bring out <laughs> Sonya Deville during Pride Month. I mean, we can go on and on. Right. Ali Ali and, and Saudi and, and Mansoor. But nevertheless, when you look at it, uh, I think it's going to be Raquel. I do agree with Leo. And I think Liv is... If she's not out extended period of time, I could see it at a payback or a fast lane. Maybe draw it out. Maybe even have eventually a triple threat match with the two ladies. But the money match clearly is Becky Lynch. Uh, Rhea and Becky haven't had a, a big-time feud. They haven't had a big-time matchup where they are really built up. And and outside of the four horsewomen, uh, Rhea is the next up. Her and Bianca, I think. I, I really think Bianca and Rhea is the money match. If you're going to do a match at 40 with you know, Hell in a Cell or Big Time Implications. Because remember, they teased that match, and right. we never got it. And they, they should have had it. Um, but nevertheless, I, I do think that uh, Rhea and Becky, I, I probably see it at SummerSlam, just because I do think that eventually they're going to need something for Chicago. We know how Chicago crowds are. We know oh, where yeah. some Survivor Series is this year. Yep. Rhea's not losing that belt probably until Mania next year. Now, I could see a situation where we could possibly see Liv taken as a serious contender. But I don't think she's – she had the title, and we saw what they did with it, and and it wasn't really memorable. And I'm not going to say that's her fault. You know, I'm not going to say she can't do it because I do think she is a 
hard worker, and I think she's gotten a lot better in the ring. And I think she's really, really, really put in the work. But honestly, I do think Rhea is going to hold that belt for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she needs to lose it. I think they got to do a better job, like Leo said, building up these other women. If you're going to even introduce that mid-card title that we all want to see. Right. I I don't even want to see the tag team titles. After they did the Sasha and Naomi, they can throw them in the backyard and burn them. And, you know, somebody's dog can piss on them. But just because now now you want to take them seriously after you had Sasha and Naomi. I don't I don't get it. I, I don't right. get the, the reasoning of WWE. You had... You had the best at, you had a real tag team. Yes, you know, you did. I do I do actually like what Sonya and Chelsea Green are doing. I, I kind of thought Chelsea Green was in a holding pattern since she signed with WWE, but right. she's showing her worth. I really liked her on the indies and the impact. She's you know great to look at as well. Shout out to Matt Cardona. But I also like the fact of Sonya getting an opportunity. She's very underrated. I do think Sonya back when she was feuding with Mandy during the COVID time, she really had a chance, I think, to be a women's champion and they kind of dropped the ball on it. Even There's winning the money in the bank. Yeah, it, a it's a lot of women. It's yeah. just a lot of women that they're put in bad positions where they're not going to succeed. They're put in positions where we know for a fact they stand no chance. That's the problem. Right. You're putting in people in deep water where they can't. It's a sink or swim situation. And they, they sink. Why? There's different factors. Booking. They book them like trash. They, they don't book them as a threat or anybody that would even pose as any type of threat to anybody. And it sucks that that's the case of that's the reality of what it is. A lot of these women should be higher up the card, but because of what X, Y, and Z, they're not. And that raw women's division is terrible. Let's just not let's not forget. I mean, I SmackDown, I'm a, SmackDown I'm a, got all of got all the heavy hitters, and you right. know they're going to do Bianca and Charlotte probably at Mania now. Now I'm looking at the raw roster real quick. I'm going to literally it's, go up to the raw roster right now. And I can literally tell it's not that strong. Uh, It's Sonya and Chelsea. It's Rhea. It's. um, Okay, you want me to tell you the roster, uh, Dylan? Yeah, go ahead. So, on the raw side of things, well, I'm going to start on SmackDown. Let me show you what we got. We got Alba Fire on SmackDown. We got Asuka on SmackDown. We got BFAP on SmackDown. We got Bailey. We got Dakota Kai. We got EO Sky. We got Isla Dawn. We literally have Lacey Evans, Meechin. We got Scarlett, we got Shotzi, we got Tamina, we got Zelina Vega. We have all of them on SmackDown. And on Raw, who do you have? You have Becky, you have Candice LeRae, you have Chelsea Green, you have Emma, you have Indy Hartwell, you have Katana Chance, you have Kane Carter, you have Liv Morgan, you have uh, Natalia, you have Piper Niven, Ronda Rousey, Maxine, you have Shayna Baszler, Valhalla, Sony Deville, Zoe Stark, Zaya Lee. Those are all the people on that brand. And, yep. on, on, and and we have one more. She's a free agent, and that's Dana Brooke. That's the only other that's the only other person. She's a free agent. But she, but right now, she's not even on Raw. She's on NXT pretty much full time at this point. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, but again, it, you know, it I think I think it was Wolf or Willie, one of them, one of those good guys over there that I do I do a whole bunch of work with. Uh, you know, they have the SmackDown problem of last year, this year, now on Raw. A lackluster women's division on Raw when SmackDown has all the women that you want to see each and every week uh, fighting for something, whether it's a match or title match, tag match, whatever the case may be. You know, now now we have the 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 ops, you know, absolute opposite uh, for both. So it's crazy. You know, I just hope that eventually 
we we find some type of common ground, I would say, with, with this women's division, and we start maybe doing some trading some off. Yeah, like maybe maybe taking some from SmackDown and putting them back on the Raw, growing that. You need to get rid of the brand split. That, that's what and, it means. And, and, but and, there and is another... no brand split. Like, let's be honest here. Yeah. There is no brand split. They say that there's a brand split, but you have NXT guys wrestling on SmackDown. You have SmackDown guys wrestling on Raw. Raw guys wrestling on SmackDown. There is no brand split. Like, the, the, the concept of the brand split was for all of that to be separated for the men's, the new world heavyweight championship. But then it kind of fell apart very, very quickly. So if that's the case, then having these, these some of these ladies that aren't doing anything, let's say on SmackDown, going over and hyping up the the uh, Zia Lees, the Piper Nivens, the Candice LeRae's, the Nikki Crosses, and th- that aren't doing anything on Raw, but having matches now on Raw, make it a little bit more interesting you know the emma Knoxes, the 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 you know lacey evans of the world get some of them to start mismatching with some of the women that aren't doing anything on raw even on even if they're five minute matches for christ's sake like let, let them do- they'd be happy to get that <laughs> five minutes but yeah but that's what i'm saying but at least something something to where we 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 know that these women still exist we know that there's something for them here we know that there's, you know, good things on the horizon to come and the possibility of a good look for everybody, not just the top tier talent that they want to keep throwing down our throats each and every week, match after match, night after night, tweet after tweet, whatever it is, you know, like like we've been seeing each and every time we turn on, you know, any of the WWE shows. So to me, I think that would be my way of trying to regenerate some type of love back into the women's division, especially for Raw, giving some of those ladies that are on SmackDown that aren't really getting a look either, matching them up with the ladies on Raw that aren't getting anything, and having some, you know, three women's matches on a three-hour show isn't out of a fucking question. Exactly. It's a three-hour show. You can give us 30 minutes of women's wrestling. You can give us three women's matches. One of them could be a tag team match. It's not like it's not possible. It's a show that's three hours long. If you're willing to put in promos and ad reads and all this other nonsense to fill time and squash matches between the women and men's divisions just to lead us back into that main event, you can take away those moments and put more of the women inside of that those those five to ten minutes. I mean, sometimes, you know, there's no, there's no reason not to have a a regular match like it, it's just it's very crazy it's very ridiculous but and then and then it's like you we're we're seeing some of the um some of these women go down to nxt and i feel like them doing that yeah, they get a better look because think about the thing with or not use her a, a lot in a lot of my scenarios dana brooks she literally is in nxt right now and think what she was doing wrong she wasn't doing Nothing. anything she was pretty much being used as an enhancement talent but going to nxt what is she doing she's there week after week every yeah, single she's doing week she's something. there and i think but she's, a, she's doing she's, something she's somebody i feel like could have been something big in the division but they sure. dropped the ball on her very quickly yeah because nobody's seen it, anything it, more in her than it, just they, being they being have the, the manager they have the wwe the the aew problem i think where it's you have these three shows like aew has and you have this very extensive men's division that is really only split between two shows collision 
and AEW Dynamite. Now, mind you, those two shows are two hours apiece, Rampage being only one. So there is that thought of, well, some of these guys could go to ROH. They can do some more indie work. Let's bring some more women into the into the Dynamite promotion. Let's bring some more women into the Collision promotion. Let's start maybe having some of them even on Rampage to do some matches. So there's, there's that same effect that AEW has. WWE has the same exact way. They have so many talented star athletes that they'd rather push and give the look for than having a lot of the other undervalued, underappreciated, the underdog cards for both men and women's division. And I think that's that's kind of where we're at with it. And we can sit here and rant and rave and talk about how much we want it to change. But I, I okay. you know, I don't I don't see a change coming. You know, we've been seeing moments as of recently. There have been a lot more of the women on TV as of lately, which has been nice, especially on Raw. Um, but again, for how long, what's really going to happen with that? Are they all going to end up in quick squash moments? You know, what? what's the actual outcome to a lot of these little pushes that we've seen throughout a lot of these careers that we've come and that have come and gone really, you know, throughout, throughout the time that we've all been watching the show for many, many years. So nonetheless, you know, that's, that's really it. But to, to kind of have a little fun now, let's have a little fun with the ending of the podcast. Let's kind of, kind of get off the sad note a little bit, uh, unfortunately with WWE. Now, Dominic Dirty Dom, I should say, is your new NXT now North American champion. And, Last night, you know, Raw, well, it is a little depressing. I guess we got to go back on it for a moment. But last night, Raw, we had, uh, you know, Monday Night Raw and everything. Um, He had a match against Sami Zayn. It was very good. Of course, he retained Dirty Dom like himself. But so let's have fun a little bit. Do you see a long reign of Dominic Mysterio, of Dirty Dom in 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 the thing? We're gonna we'll start with Byron and and then we'll we'll work over. Sorry, Leo. We're gonna go ahead, Leo. Go ahead, Leo. Go ahead, Leo. I know Leo ready to shoot off. Um, I could see him going out like kind of like a lengthy reign, but I feel like it's I feel like it's a way to get more eyes on the NXT product, right? And I do think as over he is, me personally, this is my feeling. I think he's the the best heel in WWE right now. He's mm-hmm. above Roman Reigns. The reason I say that, even though not Roman Austin Theory, he's, he's not above Austin Theory, right? He's above them all. He's above them all. The reason I say he's bigger than Roman okay. is because it's like when Roman goes to an arena, he steps in the arena. Even though he's a heel, he still gets cheers. When Dominic steps in, gets cheers. That's Bones. you get so you know you're a great heel when you can't even get a word out. That's how know how good of a heel you are. Yeah. And then, and we knew, we knew, we knew. He wasn't going to win any main roster championships right now. It's just not happening. The way the landscape is with a lot of these titles, he's not winning. He ain't beating right. Roman. Definitely not. He ain't beating Rollins. He's not. No, He's not doing any of that. He ain't beating Gunther. Gunther yeah. would probably yeah. kill this dude. Like the best He's not going to win the tag titles. The best chance he has right now of winning a championship is beating Austin Theory for that U.S. title. And that's not going to happen because both of them are heels. So it's like if you want to put a title on him, 
because they're going with the story. They're trying to get all the members of Judgment Day with gold or something around them. They want the picture. Exactly. Absolutely. So no, you're 100% right on that. They want, so they want that know. picture, and it's going to happen. And I think they're going to do this because I think um, they already announced it. We're going to get a triple threat, which I already kind of knew was coming, between Wesley and Mustafa Ali for and Great Dr. American Dr. So that's confirmed. That's going to happen. And I think this is a way you're going to continue to build up him as a champion. And then yeah. when you get to the point of him not being champion anymore, because here's the thing. Whoever beats Dominic is going to be a certified babyface easily. That's that's no if answer buts about that. Whoever faces him is going to be a face, and whoever beats him, they're going to get a big rub because they beat one of the most overhated guys in the company right now. So whoever oh, gets yeah. is going to get is going to be treated as a star. So you have to think about that in a sense too. So I don't know how long his reign is going to be. Maybe they'll take it off of him um, this this Sunday. Maybe. Or maybe they'll have them keep it until like their next, you know, pay per view or big live event. Okay, I like that. I like that fan theory. I I, I pretty much agree with that. Uh, I I don't see them taking it off of them just yet. I think they're going to definitely show. I mean, Wesley one hundred percent was one of the best North American champions, at least in my opinion. Currently, his defenses and and everything. You know, there's arguments for other ones and 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 everybody, but. You know, for what I've seen of NXT and as little of NXT that I really have watched, I really watch more or less the, the pay-per-view. Spoiler alert, I guess I'm not a real wrestling fan here, guys. Uh, I've been hiding in the closet this whole time. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, you know, it, it's it's exciting to see that we're going to get a nice big triple threat and now have Mustafa Ali really get a nice big push, uh, especially in NXT that he definitely, definitely deserves. Um it's going to be nice to see the three of them in action on on Sunday, which um, I'm very very excited for. So definitely we're going to be we're going to definitely be tuning in. We have a watch along for that with some cool guests coming on for that as well. But we'll talk a little bit about that more at the end of the show. But Byron, my man, God's favorite host, as he calls himself, my man, what do you think or how long do you think Dirty Dom is going to keep that NA belt around his dirty dirty waist? Well, seeing as though they put Judgment Day in every segment on every show, I think he's going to keep it for a little while. I mean, good okay. Lord. I, was, I love Judgment Day, but good God, they put him in every segment. But nevertheless, uh, why does everybody need a nickname? Dirty Dom, Big, Big Bronson Braun. Reed, Seth yeah. freaking Rollins, God's favorite host. Everybody just needs a nickname. Huh? Well, well, I mean, listen, now you're shooting on yourself now. I don't know. Do you want to not take that name no more? It's, a, it's, it's like everyone has to have a nickname in WWE. I mean... I don't know. It is what it is. But nevertheless, it is what it is. Yep. Uh, I feel bad for Wes Lee, first of all, because he was a week away from breaking the, the longest no, he, NA he title reign. He already broke the record. He has the longest okay. oh, is um, he, champion's he broke reign. It? Yeah, he has the longest reign. Okay. But, Good for him. I mean, Dominic is, is – is, I mean, somebody has to say it. He's really not. Uh, the best thing about him is Rhea Ripley. Like I said, the heat that she brings with him. Uh, uh, there is some piped in, but when you do hear those all organic, let's, let's not kid ourselves. But, I mean, Dominic is – he should be in NXT. If we're being honest, he is an NXT talent, in my opinion. I, I don't really belt right now. He'll probably find some heelish way to keep it in a triple threat match, and he'll probably keep it for another few months. In NXT, I would have take the belt. I mean, Ali, maybe, but I, I may Ali. I don't know. 
But then why would you have him lose maybe it West just to win it back, back two weeks later? I mean, that's just me. But or I maybe mean, Dominic down the line. Maybe. I don't know. Is Dominic the best in WWE? Line. Probably. I mean, I I, I might well, take. Okay. Well, I, let me let me let me let me say this really quick. I there's I, I agree with a lot of what you said, Byron. I do. I, I think that Dominic. I'm not gonna call him. I'm not gonna keep calling him Dirty Dom because it feels weird. But uh, you know, Dominic Mysterio when he first came into the WWE. Very rusty, very out of place. He looked a little scared. He really didn't seem, yeah, like he didn't seem ready to be in the ring with such heavy set guys and really out there doing his thing. I know he did do some training and he was in NXT in the background a little bit, but wasn't really, really like NXT, NXT. Um, As time went on, and of course that whole moment where he Low blowed Edge and low blowed his father, and then now the match, and then this, and then that. Now he's with Judgment Day, all of this stuff. His in ring ability has gotten better than where it has started. I will say that. I, you know, last night I was, I, I do watch him as he wrestles, and someone who, you know, one, one of my super, my favorite of all time superstars is Eddie Guerrero, um, who mimics him a lot as you. All know between his finisher, the frog splash, the three amigos, the shaking, and all that good stuff. You know, there's still work to be done with Dominic Mysterio. Like, there's still things in the ring where he's still rusty. You know, moving those hips to quickly do the three amigos isn't as swift, isn't as smooth as you would once want it. You know, like, you know, no one's going to do it like Eddie. Don't get me wrong, but to do it somewhere where it doesn't look like he's like, okay, one more time, you know, like, you know, that counting down the three amigos as he's doing them like that, I think his in work ability has gotten better since he's debuted in WWE. The gimmick that he has now has worked a lot better than where he was with his father. Now, mind you, we could say it, it is in a sense, it is true you know, he's very lucky to be here because of his father's legacy and what his father has given to the business, inside the business, on ROH, even in the indie scene and, like, AAA even. Um, so, you know, and, and and to the whole luchador style of wrestling, um, you know, he's he's been given an opportunity to wrestle with some of the greatest wrestlers of all time and be trained by some of the greatest wrestlers of all time, mentored by some of the greatest people and minds of all time. So, you know, Dominic, I, I know for sure is very grateful for that. And and I saw on an interview uh, with, with Seth Rollins and, and, you know, I don't like watching Logan Paul, but I'm on TikTok, So I get to see snippets and, you know, Logan Paul was uh, having an episode with Seth and Seth was saying that Dominic is very, much like a sponge. He likes to absorb a lot of information and stuff. So like he'll go to the back after a match and he'll ask, what did you think? How did you, how did I look? Did I look okay? And Seth would give him pointers be like, you know, you should try doing things this way. And then he goes the next day. I mean, it's just like he did it and he, he can absorb that information very quickly. And that's good because for someone with his age, with his, his excitement and his love for, for wrestling and the business, having someone that's like a sponge that can soak up a lot of information and then be able to produce it the very next day is good because you know that there's going to be growth in his trajectory for being a possibly, I'll say it, yes, I'll be the one that says it, 
a possible Hall of Famer down the road. And now, mind you, I'm talking about 20 years from now when he's like he's 40. Be- I mean, Donald Donald Trump and Drew Carey in the Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, Steve so, no, I, listen, so, so is Snoop Dogg, but Snoop Dogg doesn't deserve it. Yeah, Snoop Dogg deserves it, all right? Out of all the three of them, I think Snoop Dogg deserves it. Out of three of them. So, you said it, but, though, Dylan. You said it. I think yeah. he's going to be a future guy in the company. I think this is a guy you he could is. potentially build the company he around. He could be an amazing IC champion. He could, he could be, be a future world champion. champion. He could be. He could be. And, like, I, that's that's something that, as being NXT champion, and, you know, NA, mind you, NXT champion, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. I really am. It's this first championship on his own that he got. Yes, it was a little help with the Judgment Day to help him get the win. But nonetheless, it is his first single belt reign. So I'm proud of him for that. This is that moment, like we want to see with LA Knight. How is he going to do as a champion? And having him start off with the NA belt is a good starting point. Maybe he works in his way to the United States. Maybe eventually I see. And then maybe down the road, Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns' SpongeBob belt. Down the road. Not right away. But down the road. And if he continues to be that sponge and soak up more information throughout the years from legends and from up-and-coming legends like the Seth Rollins, the, you know, uh, Braun Breakers and Carmelo Hayes and all of them in the world, he has potential for stardom and for fame that we will always be shocked to be saying it 10 years from now on the thousandth episode or whatnot of one of our podcasts, you know, for sure, if not 10,000th episode of all of our podcasts, hopefully by then we're doing it in person, uh, you know, so we could all actually hang out or whatever, but nonetheless, like that's, that's something that I'm excited and I'm very happy to hear that he's willing to learn. He's willing to change his style. He's willing to educate himself. Someone that's a good. He's hurt. He's easy to work with. Yeah. And he's right. And he's good to work with. There's not been any complaints about working with a Dominic Mysterio in that locker room. You know, he's not going out there and being stale or being stiff or being rough or un- being very like. He's not being a Nia Jax. He's not being a Nia Jax. So. He's not being a Nia Jax. Thank God. Thank God he's not a Nia Jax. But, you know, he, he's not. He's not not fun to work with. He's not fun to learn from. He's not someone that's like, I'm Rey Mysterio's son. I get it my way. It's my way or the highway. He's willing to take a loss. He's willing to take a win. He's willing to do a story. He's willing to do these things to continue his father's legacy while his father's still here, after his father's here, and everything you know in, in that time frame in between. So I'm very happy to see him grow as a future Hall of Famer, as a future superstar in the WWE. And, you know, it's very exciting to me that um, those those things are definitely very, very foreseeable in, in, in the horizon. Um, yeah. But um, I, I, I know, uh, what's his face? Byron just left us, unfortunately, but hopefully he comes back soon so I can ask him this question that I'm going to ask you because this is going to be the end of the show. Um, of course, thank you. Uh, you know, if you want, just stick around after the show's over so we can talk and, and everything like that. But um, 
you know, uh, I want to I want to ask you a quick question. Okay. Do you think you have the wherewithal to defeat Roman Reigns yourself? Me personally. Me personally. If you could right now get in the ring, six months training, do you think you could beat Roman Reigns? Actually, I do. Damn. How are you gonna why? do it? Because You're I'm a student tell. of the business. I'm a student okay. of the business. I've been watching a lot of these guys for years. I've seen them come and I've seen them go. I've seen them go through different trajectories, different paths, and the whole nine yards. I've seen it. I've seen Roman Reigns since day one. Mm-hmm. I've seen his entire career from start up until this point. I've seen it. So I've seen everything that he's been through. I know what I'm up against, and I know how to counter what I'm up against. I have a, I have a reaction for everything he throws at me. I have a reaction for it. If he got the bloodline, I got somebody. So I got I got different ways to counter every one of his tricks. Oh wow. And oh, I can wow. and I know for a fact I can become the youngest champion in WWE history. It's easy. Damn. Roman Damn. Reigns ain't nothing. He's just Damn. The first of many. He's a dream All opponent. Right. So 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 now that we got now that we got Leo's answer, Byron, I, I know you're trying to figure out your camera situation and everything, but yes, my laptop uh, uh, cut off on me unexpectedly. No, Sorry no about you're good, guys. you're good, buddy. Hey, welcome right, back, we welcome back. Uh, we're we're rounding out the show, so I'm happy you made it back. Yes, sir. I got a, I got a question that I want to ask you. Do you think you could take and dethrone Roman Reigns? Who's who's booking it? Are we booking uh, listen, it? Listen, you could book it. You could book it. We can have Leo book it. We can have straight triple book, book it. it. You can let me book it. What, you, I mean, however you want to. I'll give you this. You got six months of training. Okay? You got six months of training. Leo said he could do it. No no chance. Absolutely. He said he could beat him twice over and, twice, and once on Sunday. So, so he's saying he could do it. Now, do you think six months of training-wise, do you, God's favorite host, Byron, do you think you have what it takes to dethrone Roman Reigns? I do have what it takes, but I, I don't think they would allow me in WWE. I think, you know, I'm, I rubbed some people the wrong one. I don't know if it would, it would happen. Um, but <laughs> but I would I, love I would love to I would love to enlist Solo, give him a nice Simone's the cheap win. You beat Roman Damn. the way he's beating everybody else. There you go. <laughs> I got it. I okay. got something for Paul Heyman too. So Paul Heyman, you get involved. I will not hesitate to swing a chair. At this rate, man, I don't even know if I Evil. if Roman if Roman's ever going to do so. Right? Yeah, I know. They they, I mean, I got the they, have them, they haven't beaten God. They haven't beaten Jesus. They haven't beaten the Marvel's Avengers in the DC universe. They haven't beaten Jaws. They haven't beaten Godzilla. Like they haven't beaten everybody. Like it, it's they haven't beaten Guy Fieri, like Gordon Ramsay. They got they got him beating everybody. He's like he, he's like seventy five and he's still the champion. Honky Tonk Man came back just for one try. Hulk Hogan came back. Everybody came back and he beat them all. Like it's just it's just crazy. It's crazy. Really? Are but, you watching NXT by chance right now? I am not. I am not. Um, I, I I've been getting a little bit of updates from the one chat that I group chat that I have on Twitter. I know that the Mustafa triple threat match that you were saying was confirmed. I saw that as an update. I know that the main event is Rhea and Valkyrie 
is 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 the main event for for tonight's NXT. They got the candlesticks match going on right now, just about to start. Okay, all right. Well, that's I mean that's who's, a good time then to end match? the show. Um, so or Jade versus Dana Brooke in a candlestick match. So how do you win a candlestick match? You beat the shit out of the other lady. With I mean, the I mean, it's by pinfall submission. It's pretty hey, much. I know Leo. I know Leo's enjoying that Dana Brooks getting a chance. Yeah, you know, she's listen, probably going to lose. Fans, you know, that's that's why he asked me the question, Dylan. Did you see by any chance this week Dana Brooke on that kendo stick match? There you now, go. now I'm going to have to watch it. Now I got to watch it for my boy Leo. So, but um, we are going to wrap up the show. I want to thank both of my guests today, Leo from Kicking It with Leo, and of course God's favorite host, Baron. Uh, Byron, sorry, Byron from um, the Flex Zone over there. Both gentlemen are from the Flex Zone, but both gentlemen also represent themselves in many multiple great ways. Um, I'm going to have you just the both of you just stick around after the show's over just to talk briefly uh, about everything and, and maybe about some other work in the near future. Uh, we could definitely do together. But this has been the Last Week in Wrestling podcast where each and every week we like to give you guys just a little dose of some wrestling news and some fun fantasy booking and a whole bunch of other fun stuff. But for the rest of the week, we are booked over here. We got a hell of a schedule this week. Tomorrow we are doing a w, uh, a WWE, AEW Dynamite watch along right here on the channel. It'll be me. It'll be uh, Willie. It'll be Wolf and maybe another guest or two. It depends on who's available. Um, on top of that, on Thursday, we are going to be doing NXT predictions for the NXT Great American Bash this Thursday over here on the channel as well. Then we take a little bit of a break and we pop over to Willie's channel to watch Friday Night SmackDown. And then after Friday Night SmackDown, we come right back over here for Saturday for Collision. And then I think I'm going to be going over to another friend of mine's podcast to be hanging out with them, talking all things Collision. And then Sunday, fun day, it really is that because it's going to be the NXT Great American Bash pay-per-view watch-along. It is going to be me. It is going to be Wolf. It is going to be Willie. It is going to be No Bones and Cheap Pops wrestling podcast the great guys over there so we're gonna have a very busy week a lot of me throughout the week which is always nice to see i guess uh and i'm always excited to do more and more fun content with everybody and i recently just found out we hit five thousand subscribers as of today so to you two gentlemen thank you very much for getting me over that 5k hurdle thank you all for joining us uh over here on the channel and uh hopefully you guys are available very soon so we could do some more fun, exciting content in the in the coming weeks. Um, but I'm going to have some new guests coming this week. Like I said, Cheap Pops. I believe I got um, Horton this week as well, showing up on Thursday's podcast for the NXT. And the next week is a whole bunch of new guests, some more SummerSlam predictions. Then, of course, SummerSlam itself, watch along. It's a whole mess. It's a lot of shows. It's a lot of me. It's a lot of internet time. It's a lot of me on the internet. So God, God be with us all, right? So... Um, Thank you all for coming out. Thank you, of course, to my guests. Um, if you want to go and show them some love, which you definitely need to, their descriptions to their Twitters, their YouTubes, their TikToks, their LinkedIn profiles for business, everything that you need to go ahead and find them and shout out to them is right there below in the description. So go ahead, show them some love. And also, if you don't mind doing me a little bit of a favor, everybody in the chat, as well as all of you guys in the uh, as, as the guests, hop over to Spotify. Go ahead and search in last week in wrestling podcast and go give me a follow. We're very close to hitting that hundred mark of Spotify followers. We want to kind of hit that in the next 60 days. So that way we can start doing some more cool and ex exciting content for you guys over there. And of course the newest episode of uh, last week in wrestling podcast is over on Spotify. And then this episode 
tomorrow will be available over on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So definitely, if you missed the live stream, go can go ahead and listen to the audio version over on Spotify. But again, thank you very much. That is enough talking for me. Um, I will give it to you guys. Do you guys want to add anything? Is there anything you guys want to talk about real quick? Any new big things happening in your lives that you forgot to mention in the beginning? Um, no, I pretty much touched on everything. Um, like I okay. said earlier, I will be starting. I'm starting my own little business up um, next week. I'm going to be creating shirts for people. So if you guys want me to create shirts for you guys, please help me help me and support me in my business. Um, I can do anything. Shirts, hoodies. If you need one for like your events, just like let me know. I can give you like the rundown. Um, well, I'll get your information and everything like that so I can, you know, so you guys can make sure I'm doing it accurate for you guys because I want you guys to be satisfied and everything like that. Um, $20, not too much. I'm not, I feel like a ridiculous amount or anything like that. $20 per per, um, per shirt or whatever the case is. If you want me to do five, then that's $100. So if you guys want me to do 20, I'm doing it. I'm doing this. This is going to be like a Monday through Sunday thing for me. So I'm doing it cool. all through the week. So any day of the week, I can instantly make the shirt for you guys and have them sent out the next day or whatever the case is. So definitely um, it, just don't be afraid to reach out to me. I'm not a hard guy to find. I'm, I'm not like these Hollywood type of guys. Like I'm, I'm very genuine. Not yet. He's not a Hollywood type of guy just yet. I will. Just even if I did, I wouldn't be like that type of guy. I'm always, I'm always trying to better myself. I'm always trying to do my best for you guys. Cause you guys deserve the best. Everything. Awesome. Um, everything that I do do is for you guys. I don't do it just for me. Um, I do this because I love it and I enjoy putting out content for you guys and being passionate about the things that I am passionate about, like wrestling or and gaming. Um, I got more stuff coming on the way. It, I will be on Monday Night Raw this um, past this this Monday. So if you guys happen to be in the Houston area and you guys actually be at Raw and you guys you know see my channel or come across my channel, I mean don't be afraid. I'll I'll definitely uh, answer your questions. I take pictures with you. I don't mind doing any of that. That's awesome, man. I'm very excited for you, man. For real. You got to let me know more about that business. We're going to try to get you to a million dollars by the end of the year. That's Let's the goal. That's the goal. And uh, anything from God's favorite host? Hey, I just want to show some gratitude first to you, Dylan, man. It's known each other for almost a week, man, and it's been nothing but but great positive vibes. So shout out to you and the Last Weekend Wrestling Podcast family. So everybody, please, I know I've been sharing it on the Flex Zone. Please subscribe to this channel. Hit the like button. Leave yeah. a comment. I'm sure Dylan appreciates it. This man works hard. I know how hard it can be working each and every day. Doing what we love, and that's pro wrestling and doing this YouTube thing. And to my brother Leo, man, one year in to infinity, man, we the ones. I appreciate you as always. I know I say it every week after we get off a of stream. And, and Dylan, you see, I just say everybody thank you for a great stream because you guys could be doing anything. But sitting with me for a couple hours watching wrestling and, and shooting the shit is always fun, man. So appreciate you, Leo. Flex Zone Station, you keep all the records and things. SummerSlam's coming up. We got AW Watch Along tomorrow, Collision on Saturday. We'll be doing some SummerSlam previews. And yeah, I, I appreciate the opportunity. Hopefully, I can come back real, real soon. And anytime you need me, I'm only one call away. Subscribe to Absolutely. Flex Zone. We're 800 subscribers, so about 40 away. So Let's we're trying go. to get there real, real soon. And we appreciate every support. We're live on Mondays. And a lot more content coming coming soon, especially with football season coming. But as always, we're here yeah. Mondays, Wednesdays, and for all the premium live events and AEW pay-per-views, Ring of Honor, anything you need. Only place giving you sports how you want to when you need it. That's our catchphrase. So we take suggestions. You want to be guest, 
reach out to us. We'll put you on the show. We, we don't mind whether we know you or we don't know you. We don't have mind have you on, a, on the channel. All about networking and growth and appreciate the opportunity again. And, and thanks again, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much. And that's the end of the show. Again, thank you to everybody who's gotten us uh, this far. It's a crazy, crazy uh, journey we've been doing since January. And I'm just very grateful to meet everybody that I have. And you guys are new now and hopefully coming back very, very soon. We're going to be talking a little bit about more uh, things to be doing in the near future. I see Leo gasping at his at the straws right now watching Dana Brooke wrestle. So we're going to we're going to end this stream so that way you can enjoy his girl wrestle. And uh, we'll see each other very, very soon. Have a great Tuesday night, guys.